Thanks so much for joining us this week. Chairman Davis, you said multiple times throughout this process that you knew the maps wouldn't make everyone happy. Now that you voted, are you happy with the maps? Don't think that I'd use uh, the word happy, but I am pleased with the work product. Uh, I am happy with uh, the process. I was happy that we had so many people participate in our public hearings. I was happy with the public's interest in submitting maps. I was, I was really pleased with uh, the, uh, the, the commitment that all of the commissioners had uh, to the process and that we all uh, seemed to want to get uh, to a yes that we each believed in. And uh, so I was, I was, I was very happy with that, but you know, you, we, we didn't know where uh, people were and you hate to see uh, good and decent legislators now have to run against each other. And that's always troubling uh, for anybody, uh, mind you. Uh, but, uh, but otherwise I'm, I'm pleased uh, with the final work product that we have uh, turned out as a commission. Chairman Schmidt, I also wanted to ask you about that. Uh, you know, both, both you and Chairman Davis are products of the Senate. You've both been in Idaho politics for a number of years, and you both said a few times during the meetings that you couldn't take into account where incumbent lawmakers live when you are redrawing these maps, but it had to be in the back of your mind that certain maps would create headaches for say the House Majority Leader who lives in Star or some other North Idaho lawmakers. How do you separate that when you're actually making those boundaries? Um, uh, to me, it's a, a mental discipline. I, it's actually similar to what I have to do in the medical field. Uh, sometimes I'm thinking about a patient and you know their well-being and not you know the the general picture and sometimes we, when you do have to think of the general picture the patient's well-being needs to be kept in in a uh, specific place in your mind uh i have to honestly say i didn't know where most uh, legislators lived and i uh, there were there was one time in public testimony somebody tried to give us a map about uh, where the legislators' homes were and how we were drawing the lines. And we just said, no, we don't want that map. That's not something we're considering. And so uh, I, I believe all of our, our uh, commissioners took that uh, legal requirement very seriously. And, and, you know, as Bart said, it's not pleasant for folks. I'm sorry. We drew the lines where we drew them. And uh, our job is to make representation appropriate not make representatives comfortable. And so uh, we're, we're trying to fulfill the obligation of this representative democracy. And that's what I thought we had in mind. And I think that's what we did. Let's talk a little bit about that task of ensuring appropriate representation. We now know that there's at least one legal challenge to the legislative map, uh, pointing out that the one you adopted has eight county splits. The petitioner, Brandon Durst, points out that there were ways to do the legislative map with just seven county splits. So why did you go this route knowing that it would likely be challenged? Um, I think any route we went <laughs> would have been challenged. Um, we considered uh, 
there is, in my opinion, a kind of a primacy of the categories of, of uh, that we were had to follow to make these district legislative districts. And I think uh, one man, one vote, appropriate representation is at the top of the list. Uh, limiting county splits is a little bit lower. And so uh, I thought having a very low deviation in the districts was very important. And uh, we worked to accomplish that. Chairman Davis. Uh, I, oh, please. If I go could ahead. just add, if I could just briefly add to that, I, I like exactly the way Dan said it, but just to illustrate, if, if we had proposed a plan that had a, a 9.9 uh, deviation and eight county splits, and you could do a seven county split with a 9.9 deviation from the most populated to the least populated district. Well, then I think very candidly, uh, the language uh, in the Twin Falls case uh, 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 written by Justice Eisman would be controlling and we would need to look more at a seven county split. But the federal law is the primary law, just like uh, like my co-chair said, and our focus was on the, the deviation, uh, and we found that we were able to get the deviation to a 5.84 uh, deviation uh, from the most to the least populated. Uh, all, of the, all of the county splits, uh, seven county split maps, I, I, don't, I personally, I don't think pay as much attention to equal protection principles as the, the plan that we have uh, submitted and, and, and we'll find out if the court says that, uh, uh, no, that's, that's not the standard. But, but that, that's been our charge, and we have worked hard to keep that deviation as low as we reasonably could. There's the question of mathematical deviation, but there were also communities, including the Shoshone-Bannock tribe, that said, please don't split our community. And the commission ultimately did. Uh, why did you choose to split Fort Hall? Well, again, uh, it's, it's primarily dealing with uh, uh, equal protection uh, principles. Uh, the Shoshone, uh, the, uh, Fort Hall itself is divided up into three counties, Power County, Bannock County, and, and Bingham County. And of course, most of the population is in Bingham County. And uh, uh, as a member of that subcommittee, we worked hard to try to find a way to move. It's a little more than 2,000 people at the north end of Bannock County and move them up into uh, Bingham uh, County. But the, the statutes uh, are written in a way that it made it difficult for us to uh, provide the kind of treatment that I think we would like. But, but even setting the statutes aside, it's as we have explained on the road and, and in our conversations with people, it's like a balloon. And if you push in here, it has an adverse impact everywhere else. And what we found was that if we moved the 2,500, or not 25, about 2,000, it's a little more as my memory goes, uh, up into Bingham County, then it had an adverse impact on us being able to keep other areas whole. Um, it's, it's, a, 
I am extremely sympathetic uh, to uh, the concerns that were expressed and can assure you and and your your viewers that that was a primary factor that we went after to try and see if we could make work and keep our our attention on equal protection principles. Chairman Schmidt, I wanted to ask you your input. It, did public testimony sway the commission at all or was this a purely mathematical exercise? Uh, I was very thankful to, to go around the state and get input because uh, there were lots of communities that, that we didn't we weren't familiar with. And so they could express their uh, associations and how they they saw their relationships. And that was very helpful. Um, uh, and, and we heard multiple specific uh, examples of that in, in different places. Um, there were also some testimony that was uh, pretty much arguing for partisan uh, decisions on our part, and, and we heard it, but we're prohibited from that. And so, uh, you know, uh, I think giving the folks an opportunity to talk to us, to, to, for, for them to know that here we are drawing maps and we want their input was a very important and very valuable process. Chairman Davis, you are an attorney. You were in the Senate during the last redistricting round. And earlier you brought up the Twin Falls case in which the Idaho Supreme Court in 2012 threw out the redistricting map that was submitted to the state. How much was that in the back of your mind while you were working with the commission? Well, of course it, it was. Uh, on day one, we had some uh, good training from the Attorney General's office, but very candidly uh, throughout the whole process, even though I'd read the Twin Falls case and the Bonneville County case, and and uh, which obviously as a resident of Bonneville County, I wanted to make sure I understood uh, those issues and 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 other uh, uh, federal and state uh, court uh, opinions, we we continue to learn through the process, and so, uh, and I'm confident that uh, I'm going to learn more uh, through uh, this process. Uh, there's not a great deal of 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 case law to help a redistricting uh, commission. And so we, we try to navigate through it the best we can with what we understand, uh, because we want uh, our efforts uh, to be valuable and we want the public input to be meaningfully re uh, reflected. And, and, and I guess the only thing I'd add to what Dan said before is sometimes the public testimony was in conflict with each other. Yeah. And, and, th and that's healthy though. That, yeah. That's healthy to hear that one community sees it a little different than another, um, and and it, and and that influenced uh, how uh, some some lines were drawn. So, um, uh, but no, you're you're absolutely right. Trying to be aware of those legal principles was important, and it was also nice to have Nels Mitchell, uh, another very capable attorney, uh, on the commission and get his judgment in perspective. And he and I didn't always agree, but we mostly agreed uh, with each other. And, and that was a great experience. All right, Bart Davis, Dan Schmidt, thank you both so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Thanks.